Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, we have a very special guest and author, Natalie Dawson, who wrote the book, Teamwork, How to Build a High-Performance Team of Any Kind. And she is hailing today from her place in Cabo San Lucas. Natalie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Next time for sure has happened in person, in Cabo preferably. 100%. Wish we had known. If you are watching this episode, you'll see some beautiful palm trees in the reflection behind Natalie. So you're making this Nebraska boy super jealous. If you saw what was behind my background, it's pretty sad outside. Well, well, the lighting looks nice though. So you got that going for you. We're good in our studio. We can make anything look good in here. Well, let's not let's not waste any time. Um, I see a lot of good reviews on the book. If you go out to Amazon, you can see it. Uh, I think the paperback copy is around twenty bucks. She has over two hundred and fifty five star reviews, and people are ranting and raving about this book to help them build teams. Obviously, we launched this podcast back in like two thousand fifteen, and the reason was a lot of people struggled building teams of any type across any business platform. And so, I'm really excited to hear about what led you to wanting to write the book. What did you do previously to authoring this book? And then we'll dive into kind of some of the content. Sweet. So I wrote the book about a year ago, came out a year ago. And uh, I wrote the book because when I first was leading teams at the time, I had read a lot of like leadership guru books that were helpful for understanding what leadership is and how to develop myself and have self-awareness. But I didn't really feel like I had a tactics. And so when I took on my very first team, I was 22 years old. It was a group of human resources managers, super sexy and exciting. <laughs> I had no idea what to say to them in a meeting. I like showed up to the meeting and I kind of took the friend route because I felt like I was younger than them. And I didn't know what stats were supposed to be for them. And so it was just all over the place. And I really felt all over the place for the first two years in this like leadership management position. And uh, I lost a lot of confidence, to be honest with you, going through the process of being bad at it. And so Mm -hmm. the company that I was working with, we decided to shut down. And my husband and I, two years later, partnered with a guy named Grant Cardone to create a business consulting arm of his business. And since then... That was in 2019. We have 185 stabilized employees. I probably hired 250 over the last three and a half years. And so I've learned a thing or two about building how to teams. hire, building teams. Okay. So I already have to pause you. There's two big things. First off, okay. the Grant Cardone she's talking about. Yes, that is the Grant Cardone that everyone sees all the time. I don't know why, but he's chasing me all over social media. I see him in his planes all the time. Haven't had an invite yet. So Grant, mm. would love to fly on one of your jets. Um, the first point I want to bring up is your authenticity around admitting that you had some immaturity and some growing up to do when you first had the opportunity to lead the HR team. That's the first point is knowing, hey, I need to become a bigger, better version of myself to be able to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And then you acknowledge the embarrassment that comes along with not being ready for the role. 
And I think a lot of people that are listening right now have gone through that same thing. So I'm glad you brought up both of those points. Yeah. And no one teaches you how to do this stuff. You know, I really, I really wrote the book from a place of, these are the things that I wish I would have known. These were the basics that should have been in place. This is what a team agenda should look like. This is how you should like walk into a meeting like Mm -hmm. the boss, but not being too boss like, um, totally. You told me not to cuss, so I wasn't going to say it. Uh, she's not really cussing. We're good. Okay. All right. We won't, we won't swear. (laughs) We won't count that one. (laughs) You know, why is there not a class? Like how to build teams, entrepreneurship there in college there is, but in high school, there were no classes on building teams. And, you know, I was on sports teams and if you were in band or there's organizations that help you have some idea of what it's like to run a team, but it is tough once uh-huh. you get out of college and you're thrown into, Hey, go build a team. Where do you start? Well, and But I don't know if that a lot of teachers have experience building teams because they're on a team. So if they don't have any experience doing it, I wouldn't necessarily want them to teach right. me how to build a team, but yeah, you're right. Like, why don't we get taught this stuff? Also another class that should be taught is how to ask great questions like who is who is taking responsible in the school system for asking questions because questions can <laughs> and communication the school system i was in you weren't allowed to ask questions that's, that's my point. As, as long as the question was along the line of what they wanted you to ask you could ask it but if it changed if it challenged the way they thought then it wasn't allowed in my school did we go to the same school i think so was it public? i think so uh mine was not which probably was even worse oh geez yeah. And this isn't a dig at school. Schools are great for some things. Yeah, yeah for, for certain things, for certain pieces. <laughs> All right. So you find that like you need some help and you need a foundation, a template, a blueprint to be able to run a team and build a team and scale a team. And now you've written a book and you've had a ton of success inside of the Grant Cardone organization, building out the coaching consulting arm of it. You said over 150 people essentially under your lead. So yeah. what what do you say, you know, we've kind of created an acronym called CLASS that was my keynote for two years on stage and it stood for culture, leads, accountability, systems, strategies. And mm-hmm. that was kind of like, those are like the five pillars for building and scaling a residential real estate team. Is there any type of a, like a, a word like that, that represents kind of the core pillars to building and scaling a team in your opinion, when it comes to any type of team? Yeah, I I don't have a cool acronym like that. That's, that's <laughs> fancy. Um, but I have a wheel. My wheel is okay. Good. Book. Uh, it's talk. It's alignment, development, and then transition. And so, as it relates to alignment, like what are we doing in order to really align the talent with what the opportunity is? And the okay. alignment phase lasts, you know, first ninety days pre like interview pieces the whole candidate journey, and then the first 90 days of setting the expectation. And the development is ideally the first 90 days, set that person up to understand where the organization is going, what their goals are, and what's needed for them to hit those goals through developing themselves and being totally kick-ass in their role, while also this picture of transition being very real to them of, okay, I'm only going to show up and work my hardest every day, be the first one in, last one out, really produce because I see this bigger picture of transition. And so transition would look like I'd come in as marketing manager, but I believe that I could have the opportunity to be the director of marketing here. So I'm going to be the best marketing manager with the opportunity to be a senior marketing manager. And all of a sudden, I'm going to have to align again. So this wheel kind of starts over because I'm in a new new position. Mm. I have to develop myself in order to transition into the future director. And then once I'm a director, it's very likely that I'm going to want to be vice president. And how cool would it be if I could potentially be a partner in this organization? And so in our organizations, my husband and I, we have countless examples of people who have started at coordinator positions and moved into 
director level leadership and vice president level leadership uh, through five, six, seven years working inside our business. Mm-hmm. And uh, we point people to these team members to say, man, if you just focus on reading these books and gain these competencies and have this whole thing kind of built out, this is what the opportunity is for you inside this business. And we teach business owners how to build this inside their cultures so that they're not dealing with the issue that every business owner struggles with, which is not being able to, quote unquote, find the right people. And we believe that the right people are are built and cultivated and developed inside great organizations with leaders who are aware that that's actually their job. Okay. I love it. There's a lot there to unpack. The awareness word has come up multiple times. So that self-awareness piece, I think, is key. Also, recognizing as the leader of a team that you're not responsible necessarily. And most often, you're not responsible for any of these functions other than making sure they're happening. So is did you say the third part of the wheel? Yeah, the transition. So transition is either okay. up into a new okay. role or there's that other type that. of transition, which is like, I imagine like in this wheel, like somebody like flying out of the wheel. Like the person doesn't meet the requirement. <laughs> like shooting right off, there. like it's exactly. spinning super fast once it's going. And totally. if it doesn't work out, <laughs> they just kind of like fly out. Yeah, and hopefully start working for your for competitor. <laughs> I don't know. Here we go. We're going to try one. Let's see. Oh, that's not a shootout, that sound effect. Best thing I got is probably the. <laughs> there we go. That's usually what happens, I think, when it doesn't work out. Totally. All right. So let's start with the hiring. Okay. So uh-huh. we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast. I mean, of course, there's team focus. A lot of residential real estate agents or investors, um, they're, they're always talking about recruiting agents. But the roles that they don't talk enough about is recruiting who I call direct reports. So it's your COO. Um, you could hire a CEO, a CFO, a success manager, um, a trainer, and those types of roles. Where do you think is the best place to start the process of finding that right person? Because you had said build them within, but there's still certain, what we would call an avatar in the investment space of what you want to find as a, a template, a canvas, if you will, that you want to help build into the person that you're expecting in that role. I've had a significant amount of success finding talent on Indeed. And I do think it's the most cost effective way to find talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for an organization that's over 50 employees and really recognizes that their biggest issue is not having the right core leadership roles and they need to hire a lot of them, uh, making the investment and move over to, to LinkedIn has been very beneficial to us. But most small mid-sized businesses really can run the majority of their recruitment efforts on Indeed. Yep. And I've heard Indeed, uh, they do a great job. I've also heard of people just simply going into LinkedIn and reaching out to people based on their profiles. And then there's another company called wise hire that I've we've worked with in the past that does a really good job at helping find. So once you found a person that you think is worth taking through the recruiting process, what are some of the things you guys do before you'd ever give them a job offer? What's your process look like? We have a three-step interview process. So I was responsible for hiring the first 50 stabilized team members. It took us 82 team members to find the first 50 stabilized ones. But as my husband and I were divvying up responsibilities inside our business, um, he was not taking on the recruiter hat. So I never recruited a person a day in my life for three and a half years ago. And I used heavily used uh, Indeed. Uh, and we had three different phases. So the first was a cultural interview. I asked five core questions around 
do they fit the culture and the behavior of somebody that we would want to be working alongside? And do they have goals? That's really like the, the main point of interview one. Interview two, I think this is something that we do that's pretty different from a lot of organizations is the technical interview for us is like them actually demonstrating that they can do the work. So if we're going to hire a graphic designer, I'm not going to have them in their spare time, create an ad for me. I'm going to have them in a 30 minute interview, open up Adobe and actually like or Canva or whatever the mm. system is and, and create an ad in five minutes. Cause in our business, like we're spinning landing pages up in yep. 30 minutes because we're about to make an offer because this audience is happening right now. And so when you actually force somebody to do the work in front of you, you'll start to see things like, Oh, well, it normally takes me three hours to create something like this. And where's the creative brief? We're like, no, none of that. Like make the ad in five minutes. This is what's worked in the past. Where do you say go? And you can see how quickly people respond. Um, because in our business speed is That's speed cool. is key. I think in every business speed is key. So as close as they can get to the actual work, um, in, in a virtual environment, uh, is step number two. And then the last step for us is having them, make a presentation on how they represent our six core values. So it's a five minute presentation. They make different points on this is how I'm disciplined. This is how I've been transparent. Wow. This is how I've achieved results. And then we either make the offer or we don't. Cool. Do you do any personality reviews? We you do a, a modified disc assessment. Okay. Yeah. We do the same. Do you use it on everyone? Everyone. What are you? I am a D I no ID. I'm an ID. Okay. What are you? I'm a DI and I would have guessed you're a DI. Yeah. I think I've, I, I took it 10 years ago. Maybe I've changed between now you and do then. change. Yeah. I think you more change. of a DI now. I think you probably Past did master. become more of a D. I think I was an I originally and became more of a D out of necessity. Totally. That, that's how I would describe my journey as well. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Is it? I just sit here watching these palm trees and I'm like, you know what? Let's not do the podcast. Dana. I want to fly out this afternoon. She invited us. Let's go. I did. Let's I get did. our entourage. I'm in. I'm in. We're, we're going to hang out with the Hermoses a little bit later. We could have just a whole, a whole fun group. <laughs> Let's go. Share with us maybe one or two of your favorite things to do in Cabo. What Just to switch gears for a minute. Eat guacamole uh, and chips. That would be one. That's it. That's all you and need to do. <laughs> what, what else is there? <laughs> do you drink Margs? <laughs> I'm not a Marg drinker. No. no, but I understand that a lot of people are. Um, and sitting in a hot tub, my husband and I sat in a hot tub for an hour last night and just were able to connect on life and appreciate things. So those would be my top two. Chips, guac, hot tub. You can do those all at the same yeah. time. I love right. it. <laughs> Hashtag life goals. <laughs> all right. So we talked to you really quickly about that first piece of the wheel, finding the right person, defining what you need to find first. And then we've given some ideas of how to find them and I love that you were transparent about taking them through the recruiting process. Of course, with residential real estate, to watch someone in dialogue would be a really good way to recruit an agent, see if they're willing to fail forward. I don't even care mm -hmm. that people get it right, just the fact that they'll do it. I've been in interviews where people are like, well, I'm not ready for that. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not a good if we're not ready to hire you. So no. I could I could see a marketing person who's like huge, like a huge creative be like, I can't build the ad right now. Like, I'm gonna need time for this. Yeah. All right, not the right, right place. place. Yeah, you're not good fit. So we brought this person now in. They're awesome. And then you had talked about in your wheel, the launch. What did you call it? The second phase? Uh, development. Okay. So this is so key right now in any industry. I think so often we take for granted that people don't know. They're willing to learn. They want to work hard. But I see a lot of organizations that don't have really a strong presence. They'll say, well, go read some books, watch some YouTube videos. 
You know, what's the real system or process that companies have in place to develop their people? And I, I see different types of people. Your DIs will take every piece of knowledge there is and, and read it, listen to it, apply it. And then you have some personality types that just want to get by and they don't want to have to do anything extra if they don't have to. So what is your process for making sure that everyone's developed enough to be able to do the job that you're hiring them to do? We, so one clarification, we do not assume that when we bring somebody on that we think they're awesome. Like they're good enough to move forward with the interview process. But I think the, the biggest business owner mistake that I see is they assume that this person is just this unicorn and they're going to help solve their problems. And so if I think like that, I'm not actually going to onboard them correctly because I just assume that they're going to be able to handle and take on these tasks. And I just have to tell somebody to do something one time. And I don't have to document that I asked them to do it in this way or for them to save the passwords. So now all of a sudden, I'm key man dependent upon this person that I spent so much time onboarding, even though they didn't really properly onboard them, that I don't want to have to do all of that a second time. So then I'm just going to keep this underperformer with me for the long haul because I don't want to have to redo this process. Mm. And so I never assume that somebody's going to be great and set up the training like process that. so that if I had to fire them in three weeks from now, I wouldn't feel like this massive sense of disappointment because mm-hmm. I just wasted all this time. Well, and guess what? Most people who hire feel responsible for hiring a bad hire. And they sometimes feel would rather that their their ego gets in the way of letting the person go and saying, hey, it was a bad choice. And so they keep them in the organization because they don't want to look bad or they don't want to have to do it again. So I love it. This happens all the time in real estate. We let, we let the, the agents stay in our world, even though we know they're absolutely a disaster, but that we allow the dysfunction of them staying in our world because we're like, hey, what's that hurt us? We'll just leave them there. But the, it's very problematic to have bad people in your organization. Well, and the visual I like to think about is the business owners oftentimes just thinking with, oh, Joey isn't helping me get to the next level. And that's really the cost of having Joey still on the team. That's not just the cost. The real cost is you have a team that you've cast this vision. Like, let's use a visual for a second. Yeah. You've cast this vision that you're t- lifting this huge, massive, freaking thousand pound boulder up a hill. If you have a 10 person team member team, and you're assuming all 10 of you are exerting just as much energy and effort putting this, pushing this boulder up a hill. You're not even certain that you're going to get there, but you've convinced all these people that you will. Now, imagine that actually instead of having 10 people pushing it, you have two people sitting on top of it, adding extra weight. Maybe they're throwing rocks. Maybe they're sunbathing, eat chips and guac. They built a little hot tub on the top of your boulder, doing all the fun things. Nice, well, Diane. It, it makes the other eight people like, what? Why, why am I working this hard when Joe is up there having a great time? And so then Joe starts to join that train and it's, it's per, it's permeates your entire team of mm-hmm. what level of expectation you have for the people that are in your circle. And so it's not just about Joe not contributing. It's him adding weight and drag and lessening the expectations of the high performers that are looking at you to, to not actually allow the type of toxicity to exist mm-hmm. inside the environment. I love it. I think that's a really good point. It's not just them not pushing. It's actually oftentimes the opposite, mm-hmm. pushing back on the boulder. And I've seen that time and time again, just one negative comment once a week can grow into something so massive and people don't recognize that. So thank you for bringing that up. That's a, it's a fun picture of that boulder. I, you know, I think we all are the chips and guac in a hot tub guy at the top of the boulder, but the goal is that more often than not, you're the one pushing. Yeah, you would hope so. You know, we we just believe that that's, that's the business owner's responsibility to set that tone because there's not going to be a single employee that's ever going to want to push harder or faster or more than you are. 
And so if you're not like constantly putting this pressure inside the environment of where the organization is going, there is some organization that is out there that is going to attract the people to, to really do something big. So why not, mm-hmm. why not it be you? Why not, why don't you yep. achieve this awesome, amazing thing, but be really serious about it. And if you don't want to achieve something awesome, and amazing, that's fine. But then what are you doing? Like why? If the yep. battle is going to be hard anyway, if we're going to go through this recession over the next year or two years and things are going to get tough, I'd rather at least have it be really freaking tough, but then come out on the other side and just like thrilled, like pumped, knowing that I created something versus the stress, the worry, the anxiety, kind of yep. like managing my way through it when it's going to be tough regardless. I love it. Pick your heart. Totally. I yep. like that. Pick your heart. Pick your heart. So in your book, um, you talked a little bit about some of it. What else can somebody expect to learn about? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really touch on the onboarding plan. But, um, there's really in the book, I break down the two different types of onboarding and why you should have both. One being like organizational onboarding that somebody inside the business is really, you know, curating what things everybody needs to know about the business versus the role specific, which follows mm-hmm. a very um, specific formula of how to coach team members to know how to do something competently yep. and not just assume that they can handle it. Yep. I like the ideology behind like the, there was a show and I don't know if it's still out there, but the undercover boss. And I love how the undercover boss became self-aware more often than not about what actually is said about the company or how people are cutting corners and they get to really be at the bottom level, which is the foundation of most companies. And we probably struggle to do this, but we want to do this more often. Anytime someone comes into our world and we have a lot of businesses that are all kind of working together. I think it would be awesome to have a day or a week where every person across the organizations in any capacity would spend one day in the weeds of every business so that they can take a step back and see how it all plays together rather than to your point, just training them on their one role. And then they really don't know how they fit in or how that role fits into the whole picture. I love that idea. It's awesome. So if somebody wanted to pick up a copy of your book, Teamwork, how would they Mm. go about doing that? They, well, they could get a free copy if they go to cardoventures.com forward slash teamwork and would love to send your specific audience a free copy of teamwork. Uh, And we go through the termination process on there. We go through the onboarding process. My five interview questions I ask every single new hire uh, and everything in between. Awesome. Thank you very much. And we can include that, Dana, on our show notes. Uh, when this gets released, if you guys want to just click on it or just simply go out to the link that she shared. And then if somebody wants to reach out to you directly, what would they, where would they go on social? You know, I am most active on TikTok right now. I'm at the Natalie Dawson on TikTok, having a lot of fun there. The Are you on TikTok? The Natalie, Natalie Dawson. Dawson. Natalie Dawson, of course, wasn't taken or else I would have picked Damn it, name, Natalie like, Dawson. Natalie, number right? two. What? Honestly. What you could have found her. Doing? You could have found Probably her. Probably paid her off. $10, $50. I mean, what's it take? <laughs> I was super excited. We got our brokerage in Nebraska. We're a Keller Williams franchise. And we wanted the name KW Elite because my real estate team previous was Omaha's Elite Roll Sticker. I was like, I'm never going to get KW Elite. And somebody ended up giving it up. So thank you to Smokey Garrett and his region for giving us the URL. I told him after the fact, I was like, I probably would have paid you like $100,000. He he's like, what? to you? He didn't even charge you? No. How awesome is that? I was very, very impressive. I was very grateful for that. Sitting on any other domains that he'd like to make (laughs) some money on. Hey, Smokey, if you have Natalie Dawson TikTok, 
So my kids got me on it right when it was cool, like two years ago. I have an account. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever used it or would know how to use it. Sadly, I'm, I'm 41. I'm feeling. What does that have to do with anything? Well, what I know. What does that have to do with anything? You're freaking people, young. You're 41 years old. So why I would say that sentence isn't because I don't feel young or because I don't uh-huh. feel like I fit into the youthful crowd. It's uh-huh. because my social circle, who I enjoy following, is on Instagram. So some people are still on Facebook, more business related topics, but Instagram is more where I would spend my time. Okay. I predict that's going to change shortly. That's going to change like six months. I've heard that. You think Uh it's going to happen? A hundred percent. Well, what's going to take its place? TikTok? Totally. Where does everyone migrate? And then what's the next thing? Is there a word yet? What's the one that's like real life? Like, oh uh, yeah. My kids are into that today. Like, uh, what's it called? Reality, real, real, you. Be be real, be real. Be real. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't heard of be real, it like notifies you sometime during the day and says, hey, take a selfie. And when you take it, it shows yourself and what's behind you. And you like rank up better if you do it right when it says you have to do it because you want the whole world to see your real life, not your pretend life. It's like Natalie positioned herself with the palm trees. But if we really saw her, she was probably in the room sick because she OD'd on chips and guac about... Last night, I OD'd in the hot tub. I woke yeah, up in 100%. The hot tub this morning. Hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. Well, I love teamwork. I love the focus on it. Um, I know a lot of people listening for the team building um, podcasts, of course, are struggling to build a team, or they've been successful and they just want a few more nuggets. So, go out and pick a, up a copy of Natalie's book. I know that um, what you shared with me and what I've read as far as reviews, it's amazing. I have yet to read it. I, it is on my list. So I might even go pick up the free copy and read it on my Kindle. Um, without further ado, I would like to invite anyone and everyone listening. If you'd like more information about building teams and you want to check out future events that we're going to be hosting, go to grow with ers.com. We have a workshop in Omaha, Nebraska coming up in March. And then our uh, national team building summit we host in Omaha as well is coming up this summer. Um, we also give away a bunch of freebies on the website. You can join the podcast group. You, there's a bunch of other stuff out there. So don't uh, waste the opportunity to go out to grow with ers.com. Also, if you found this episode valuable and you want to give a shout out to Natalie Dawson, number one, um, the Natalie Dawson, please give her a shout out on any podcast app you're using. Go give us a five-star review and say something positive to Natalie so that more people can find her and can find her book. That's so great. You're really good at like you're, you run a podcast. That was a super smooth ending. That's We're awesome. doing a podcast, man. We're having fun. Fucking great. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate you coming on today, Natalie. Enjoy your Thank chips you for and having me. Oh, I will. And we'll See definitely you get you back time. on sometime. Sounds good. That's sure. the plan. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.